your word. Lead us to a closer walk with thee in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Amen. So this one is subheading is Jesus welcomes the redeemed to the new Jerusalem. So who is who is the redeemed that's he welcoming to New Jerusalem? Anybody know who that is? That would be us from Earth. Yeah. Yeah, those who have redeemed from the earth, those who were saved from the earth. Now it's, it's also separates those who were redeemed alive from the earth as well as those the uh, redeemed who had died in Christ being redeemed from the earth. So it says, um, before the ransom throng is the holy city, New Jerusalem, Jesus opens wide the pearly gates and the nations that have kept the truth. Which truth is it talking about? God's truth. Exactly, God's truth. A lot of so-called truths in the world. We're talking about God's truth. Uh, someone has said before in one of our classes, people would say, oh, I'm reading the Bible and this Bible. And they pointed out it's the whole when you're talking about God's word it's the Holy Bible. So it's the same when people say I have the truth. Well, do you have God's truth, his holy truth? So there the saints behold the paradise of God, the home of Adam in his infancy, innocency. What home is it talking about? Where was, where was Adam home in his innocence? The Garden of Eden, is that what, that's what I took out for that. Yeah, that was Adam's home, right? And it says in before sin, Adam lived in the Garden of Eden. And after that, he got put out of the garden. So Jesus says, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from when? The foundation of the world. What's so amazing about that statement, anyone? That he prepared that before we even were, well, I say before I was even thought of. Yeah. <laughs> else comment on that? Before the foundation of the world? What's that tell us about God? He loved us that much to prepare ahead of time, way before we ever, before Adam even ever sinned. Him and Eve. Okay. Anyone else? What does it tell us about that? He's a God of order. Mm-hmm. Well, Patsy said that he loves us so much. Okay. And we talked about it in our Sabbath school lesson today that God knows the beginning from the end. So before anything ever happens, God already knows that it's going to happen. What we talked about in class this morning was since God knows everything that's going to happen to you and he's already have plans that when we fall into trials and tri tri uh, tribulation, problems and trouble, that we should remember that God already knew this was coming our way. And the, the, the Holy Bible says he has given us enough strength to withstand. He's not going to put more on us than we can handle. So whenever something happens to you in your life, you know, for our first thought is to get upset and say, why me? And I come all these trouble coming. But let's look at it as an opportunity to draw closer to God, an opportunity to increase our faith in God, an opportunity to increase our trust and our dependence in God. Not just look at it as a problem or a setback, but it's a step up for us to draw closer to Christ because we're going to need that trust and faith, right? 
Now, here Jesus also says his prayer for disciples. I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. What was Jesus talking about in that prayer? Do you remember that prayer? Was was he talking about he's sending out the disciples to make disciples out of us and that all of us is going to be with him someday for those who love and trust in him? Exactly. I'm glad you added the rest of us, Patsy. He was speaking uh, directly about his disciples, but also about everyone else after them who believe in, in Jesus Christ. So not only those 12 disciples that he had, everyone down throughout the ages that put their trust in him so that he's in there in heaven and that's where he wants us to be with him. And that's a true blessing. Again, he's already prepared it for us. Heaven's a prepared place for who? Prepared. Oh, oh. Right. All who are prepared. Uh, let's go to the next paragraph, 48.3. And it starts out, Oh, the wonders of redeeming love, the rapture of that hour when the infinite Father, looking upon the ransomed, shall behold whose image? His image. His image. God's image. How do we get the image of Christ? By beholding him. What do you mean by that? By studying his word, by praying, by um, listening to the word um, and, and trusting in it and obeying it. Good. You really covered everything on that. Some people, you know, might think if I just hang a picture of Jesus up on my wall next to Martin Luther King and JFK, then I'm covered. <laughs> or or have a sculpture. Have a sculpture of a praying hands. Yeah. And people say, I'm looking up on Jesus, but it's talking about what Karen said, listening to his voice, studying his word, following where he leads, you know, being an example of him to others that we meet. So then it continues. It says, sin's discord is banished, is blight removed, and the human once more in harmony with the divine. When was the human ever in harmony with the divine? Before the fall. Right. Created in the image of God. So we were in harmony with him until sin reared its ugly head. And so once again, in the new heaven and new earth made new, uh, human will be in harmony with the divine. That'll be a real blessing, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, hey uh, Lee, where are we? I, I, I know you told me, but I missed it. Uh, now we're going to paragraph 48.4, where it starts out with unutterable love. Okay, thank you. Okay. We're on the paragraph with unutterable love. Jesus welcomes his faithful ones to the joy of their Lord. The Savior's joy. Now, I thought this was interesting. The Savior's joy is not just being in heaven because he was in heaven before he came to earth, right? It's not mm -hmm. piece of gold and seeing the angels, but who is the Savior's joy in seeing? Us. Seeing us. Yeah, the, the souls that have been saved by his agony and humiliation, the redeemed from earth. That's mm -hmm. where his joy is at. You know, many times we as humans, our joy is in material goods, right? It's in things. Mm -hmm. But when we have the... Uh, the character of Christ, we start paying more attention to people, our relationships with people, our loved ones, our spouses, our children, 
our relatives, that's where our interest starts going to. Same as what Jesus, his interest and joy is in seeing those saved by his uh, crucifixion on the cross. It says, and the redeemed will be sharers in his joy as they behold among the blessed who? Those who have been won to Christ through their prayers, their labors, and their loving sacrifice. Oh, so who are they talking about, these people? The stars and the crowns of the redeemed, those that we have, we have, have had some, played some part in their salvation. Hmm. So those who have been won to Christ through prayer, their labor, and their loving sacrifice, how does that make you feel now, knowing that that's going to be a joy in heaven? That's great. Do you feel any different about what you're doing in your life? Maybe yeah, like that's that's a wonderful thing. You know, I've always heard it said that there will be people there in heaven that will say, I'm here because of you. And you'll say, I don't even know you. And they mm -hmm. say, but I, I, I know you or whatever, you know, or I, 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 I saw your example in life or something that you did help to get me here. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine, just think about, think about all the people that you've ever not, not known or, you know, been friends with, but just all the people you've met on the street, walking to the store, going to school, going to work, just walking around your neighborhood. Suppose one of those people sees you in heaven and they say, wow, you know, I only saw you when you used to walk your dog around a subdivision, but it was just something about you that made me think about Jesus. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> you know, I Elder Carol, and I, I, I think about, too, when I'm uh, passing out uh, tracks, sometimes I leave them, like, you know, in the bathrooms or something, or on the sinks when I'm washing my hands at a place. I never know, I said, who might have picked it up. And, you know, and I kind of always laugh when Lois always gives her testimony that she picked up a track and that got her, you know, interested in, and, and it brought her to the seven-day Adventist. And I mm -hmm. keep saying, Lord, let somebody pick up that track and, and, and give their life to you. Let the Holy Ghost work on them. Yeah, her and her whole family. Uh, mm -hmm. You had something? Alvina? Oh, I have a quick question. Uh, mm -hmm. We're gonna have wings. Ain't gonna have no. This is just. And I'm look. I'm sorry. I read something earlier. Talking about little Eva, maybe there that her little wing maybe folded upon her, the glass bosom for her mother. Uh, yeah, Alvina asked, "Are we gonna have wings in heaven?" I don't think so. Like, I'm reading this. And I'm like, I never heard of that. Where'd you read it? From forty-five two. 45, paragraph 45? Yeah. What's the uh, subtitle? Do you see a sub? Um, it says, it says, um, 45.1, it says, after little infants come forth in mortal body from their dusty bed, they immediately wing their way to the mother's arm. What, angels taking them there? Yeah, now it says little children are born by holy angels to their mother's arms. Okay, then another one said that her little wings may be folded upon her mother, on the glad bosom of her mother. The next paragraph. I don't know where I don't know where you guys are at. Yeah, this this is under families and friends reunited. Okay, same chapter. Thank you. Sorry for interruption. 
Yeah, sometimes, you know, like we always say, some things take a little more study so that we don't just see uh, one sentence and then think that's the end of it. So that's something that you could look up and let us know next week or the week after or whatever. But yeah, again, that's why we study because we don't know everything about what's going to happen. Like it says, eye has not seen, neither has ear heard the things that God has prepared for us. Let's see, now we're at 48.2. Let's see, no. We're at 48.4, where it started with unutterable love. Yeah, we were talking about all the people who would be one uh, to Christ through your prayers, labors, and sacrifice. And so when we read this, you know, it lets us know that our labor is not in vain when we mention to someone the love of God or when we hand out a tract or when we uh, invite someone to tune into discipleship class, that it's all for a worthy cause. You know, and just think if you just, uh, I like the way that Paul puts this, share a link and save a life. If you just share the link to the discipleship class or to our 11 o'clock service or prayer meeting or, or whatever service, uh, you might save somebody's life, not just here on earth, but in heaven. So that's well worth just mentioning it to someone, right? It only takes a moment to invite someone. And even if they don't come the first time, maybe they'll come the next time. I know for myself, I have invited my sister probably three or four times to tune into our service. And uh, today she actually tuned in. So I was very happy, you know. She, Amen. She enjoyed service and uh, apparently she had a good time. So your labor's not in vain, Patsy. Leave the tracks wherever you find to leave them. I've even had tracks, and I thought this was interesting, but this is what the Lord said to do. I had had put tracks somewhere, and then I would see a track that somebody put in a trash can, and I'd be thinking, they got their nerve. I'm going to take it out of the trash can. But I left it in there because maybe the janitor will pick it up. You just never know what's going to happen. One of the things we learned through our studies is that when we when we pray and we ask God to answer our prayers, then it's not for us to turn around and tell him how to answer them. So you never know how God's going to work. Any other thoughts on that? Now look at the next sentence. It says, uh, Patsy, we're we're right above where it says the two atoms meet in the holy city. Right, I'm with you now. Okay. Thank you. So it says, I thought this was interesting. When they behold those whom they have won for Christ and see that one has gained others and these still others, all brought into the haven of rest to lay their crowns at Jesus' feet and praise him through endless cycles of eternity. And we were just watching a documentary about coronavirus. And it was saying that the way the virus works, the, the uh, virus gets into one cell, then that cell infects more cells, which infects more cells, which infects more cells. And that's how we're supposed to be spreading the message of Christ. One person tells another person, that person tells two or three, those two or three tell two or three more, and it just keeps spreading. Another good example is the uh, the Missouri Missouri lottery. 
I mean, I, all you got to do is get enough people to put in $2 <laughs> and you end up with a billion dollar prize for somebody. And it's the same way with uh, when we're returning tithe and offering. If each person just does their little part and the next person does their part, next person does their part. It's just amazing what you can accomplish working as a team. So when we uh, lead one person to Christ, that person leads someone else. It's like the slogan says, each one reach one. And before you know it, all of heaven is full of the redeemed of Christ. Any thoughts on that? What do you think that, uh, what impact would that have on outreach? Well, you know, Elder Carroll, I, I sent somebody something to read and they let me know they read it and they shared it with the other person and some other people. And I said, these were people this person shared it with that I didn't even know. And I was like, I just thank God. I said, you know, that sh that that person shared it with somebody, even though I didn't know those people that, you know, and I just sent it to that person. But I just was like, praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is working. Mm -hmm. That's right. You never know who it's going to reach. So we just do our part. And then the other people uh, do their part as they listen to the Holy Spirit. But that's how evangelism is supposed to work. You know, not it doesn't have to be one person reaching everybody. It's one, each one reaching another and then that person reaching out to the people they know. And I think they said that the average person has, if you have seven friends, that by the time you go, go through each of your seven friends, one of those friends knows somebody else who knows you. So it's like a, a span of seven people. Within seven people, one of those people knows somebody else who knows you. So we're all kind of tied together on this planet in some kind of way. Yeah. Any other on that? Yeah, um, it, I know I've heard it, but I can't tell you where it is in the Bible. It's like, you know, it's our light. It's like a flame. Uh, you know, it. you can light ignite other people as you go along, just like if you were a match lighting candles. Mm. Or yeah, that's true. Or like the song says, it only takes a spark to do what? Get a fire going, right? Yeah, it's amazing. So when God asks us to witness or be ambassadors or uh, point somebody to him, to Christ, he's not asking us to do the whole thing by ourselves. You know, that'd be an un uh, unbelievable task for one person to do all that. But no, we're just supposed to reach our <coughs> we can and then those people reach people they can and so on and so forth. And before you know it, the whole world's lighted with the glory of Christ. Uh, next paragraph says, this paragraph 49.1 says the two atoms meet in the holy city. Which two atoms is that? Jesus and then the first Adam. Why did, I know why they got the first Adam. Why did they call Jesus Adam? Because he came and did what the first Adam, even though the first Adam sinned and, and, and brought us into sin, Jesus came and, and died for us because he was sinless that we may have another chance at eternal life. Other than that, if he Jesus didn't come, Adam just doomed us all the way. Cause the wages of sin was death. 
Very good. <laughs> yeah, Jesus came as the second Adam. Uh, you pointed out very well, Patsy. Thank you very much. Uh, the two Adams are about to meet the Son of God standing with outstretched arms to receive the father of our race, the human race, the being whom he created who sinned and for whose sin the marks of the crucifixion are upon the Savior's form. And then when Adam discerns the prince of the cruel nails, he doesn't fall upon Jesus' breast, but in humiliation casts himself at his feet, saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain. And then Jesus lifts him up and bids him once more look at Eden. It's just so amazing, you know. Uh, if you think about it, if, if you think about it, Adam, he could really probably might have suffered from depression thinking about how the sin came in the world through him. But Adam believed that a savior was coming. God promised a savior and Adam believed it and trusted in it so that that depression didn't have to hit on him, you know, because he lived a thousand years afterward. It says with patient humility, Adam bore for nearly a thousand years the penalty of transgression. A thousand years he had to remember that and go through it. Faithfully, he repented of his sin and trust in the merits of the Savior, and he died hoping for a resurrection. The Son of God redeemed man's failure and fall, and now through the work of the atonement, Adam is reinstated in his first dominion. There's going to be, I think, a very emotional reunion between Adam and Jesus. I think it's going to be pretty amazing. And everybody asks, who do you want to see first? in heaven. Well, we all want to see Jesus, but let me ask you, who else would you like to see first when you get to heaven? Anybody? I would like to see my family. Yeah. Now, <laughs> think you had somebody? I was going to say, I mean, family was expected. I thought you were talking about like somebody else in the Bible. Yeah, well, think of some Bible character you would like to meet. Uh... Abraham and Sarah. Okay. Anybody else? Who, who would you like to meet? I'd like to meet Rahab. Rahab? Yeah. <laughs> Moses. I want to see Moses. David, especially. Yeah. There's so many people you'd want to meet. It's pretty amazing, you know. But, you know, as we said, our first people we want to meet is Jesus and our family members, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So it says, uh, talking about Adam again, transported with joy, he beholds the trees once his delight, the very trees whose fruit he himself had gathered in the days of his innocence and joy. He sees the vines that his own hands have trained, the very flowers that he once loved to care for. What do y'all think about that? What is that saying about the uh, Garden of Eden? That it's that it will be there, and that it'll be even more wonderful than it was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's the exact one. Mm-hmm. New one. It's the same one. The very vines that Adam trained, the flowers that he cared for, God preserved it. He preserved. And you know, Elder. Elder Colonel, mm -hmm. I think about when I moved to St. Louis in my first couple of weeks up here. I couldn't wait to go back home. And when I went back home, you know, like you see your neighborhood, you see your mom and your friends and stuff. You just be so excited. 
Yeah. That's nice. So he actually sees the very garden that he lived in. Yeah, like you say, you go back, see your old home. Uh, I went back years later to my hometown. My Our house was tore down by then. But the neighborhoods, you know, you start remembering stuff you did in neighborhood and who used to live here and there. And, you know, it brings back good memories. says, uh, Jesus leads Adam to the tree of life and plucks the glorious fruit and bids him to eat. Then he looks around, beholds a multitude of his family redeemed, standing in the paradise of God. And again, that's going to be a real blessing to see our family members in heaven. So what do we need to do now while we have opportunity? Get a closer relationship with God and get ourselves ready to go home. And ask for the Holy Spirit to continue to walk with us. We need to talk to our families and uh, pray for our families, uh, pray with them. We need to really pray that the Lord will, you know, touch their hearts and um, just do our best to reach them so that they can be saved too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Put but in you, a but you know, But you know, Sister Lakita, I think too that so many of our family members now, and I said if never before, are watching. You know, if you say, like, you know, my, like Daryl, he'll say, Grandma, he'll say, uh, what time does your Sabbath start? And then I'll say, when some, you know, and I'll answer. And he's like, I was just trying to see if I was going to catch you off guard. And I said, but I know in my mind he's watching. If Grandma says she's going to keep the Sabbath holy, is she going to do it? And I said, and, you know, like I said, by him moving back in, he, I mean, he's he like, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to bother you during Sabbath time. I said, but when you come in, I said, I always have some kind of literature if you want to pick it up and read. Mm-hmm. So, so I, do, I do think our family members are watching us, even though, we, you know, we can't see them. Even when they call, the, the things we say, they pick up on if, if you are really serious about God. Yeah. And if we're really serious about our families being there, we need to make an intentional effort, you know, to let them know that God loves them and that he wants them in heaven as well. It's a lot like, you know, when you think about uh, when you get to retirement age and you say, man, when I retire, I want to have a big house in the country with 200 acres and a fishing lake. And well, you can't just wake up the day before retirement and get that. You have to plan for it. So if we want to see our families in heaven, we have to make some plans for it. You can't just wait till you get there and start looking around, but do your part, you know, let them know that Jesus loves them. You know, as we said earlier, invite them to tune into our services, send them some literature as Patsy was talking about. Um, and the main thing we can all do is pray that the Holy Spirit will work on them and, you know, invite them to give their life to Christ. That's the main thing. That's where it all starts, right? Yeah, Patsy. They are our families are really watching us because um, when we went down to visit uh, my daughter, then my granddaughter, I said, "Okay, it's time for a devotion," and she was like, "We do that here too." I thought we just did that at your house, <laughs> <laughs> but what's more important is that. While we was down there, you know, I was really trying to make sure I do devotion and make it really fun for the kids. Then I found that, you know, Holly's husband was singing our songs in a different room. And then, you know, I talked to Holly since Christmas and she's talking about 
how doing devotion with the kids and stuff. So people are watching us and what we do matters. The little things that we do is really important. Just, just do yourself. You know, I don't really uh, bother them about it too much, but um, just by them seeing us do it and it sounds kind of fun, you know, really fun when we're doing it. So now they have taken steps to do it themselves. Yeah. You know, one of the easiest ways to get an, an opening to speak to your family or relatives about the Lord Anybody know the easiest way to get an opening to speak to your family is to ask the Lord to make an opening. If you ask him, he'll make an opening for you. You know, pray about it. So tell him, Lord, I'm trying to speak to my family. You know how tough that can be. Please make an opening where I can say something kind, where I can let them know that, that you love them and are looking for them. You know, he'll make a way out of no way. God is a miracle worker. He's still working miracles even today. Uh, this uh, next paragraph, it talks about the, the reunion of Christ and Adam as witnessed by the angels who wept at the fall of Adam and rejoiced when Jesus, after his resurrection, ascended to heaven. I thought that was interesting. The very same angels who wept at the fall of Adam will see him in heaven. That's pretty amazing to me. It's also amazing that angels wept. Let's look at uh, paragraph 50.3 where it says, standing with the lamb upon the sea of glass. Standing with the lamb upon the sea of glass. The sea of glass, as it were, mingled with fire resplendent with the glory of God or has gathered the company that have gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, which we read in Revelation. It says, having the harps of God, they stand the 144,000 that were redeemed from among men and they heard the sound of many waters of a great thunder, the voice of harpers harping with their harp and they sing a new song, a song which no man can learn except the 144,000. How come nobody else gets to learn that song? I think it's a, it's a song that tells about where, you know, the struggles and the tribulations they went through. And if you, if you haven't been a part of the tribulation and the, and the struggles and, and, and that God has brought you through something, then they don't know because they haven't seen we did on our planet. So they would know the songs that, that we will be singing just because we've been delivered. Yes, the uh, yeah. pointed out is those who have gone through that experience. That's why they know the song. You know, it's, um, I was thinking about that, too, is if you have if you're witnessing to a person and, you know, a lot of times people are quick to say, oh, you don't know what I've been through. But if you have been through some of the same things that they've been through, then both of you are kind of singing, able to sing the same song because you've both been through the same experiences. So only the people who have been through these experiences, Patsy had mentioned, will be the ones who are singing that song. It says these have been translated from the earth from among the living, are counted as the first fruits unto God and the Lamb. These are they which came out of great tribulation have passed through the time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. They have endured the anguish of the time of Jacob's trouble, 
have stood without an intercessor through the final outpouring of God's judgment. That's pretty amazing. And then it goes on a paragraph below it says, they talking about the 144,000 have seen the earth wasted with famine and pestilence, saw the sun scorching men with great heat. They themselves endured suffering, hunger and thirst. But then the Lord says they shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore, neither shall the sun light on them or any heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. This is going to be an amazing thing when Jesus returns to take us back to earth. Now, if you're not in the 144,000, would you rather just stay here? No. Since you don't get to sing and have a special robe? No. <laughs> no. If I'm the last person in, I'm happy. <laughs> Amen to that. Some people say if they can just slide under the gate before it closed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're in the 144,000. That would be a great honor. But I know that God has chosen those who can handle that. You know, those who don't will be in that on the sea of glass among the multitude that no man can number. So it's not just uh, only those people there, but there's a multitude that no one can number who have also washed their robes in the blood of the land. So it's going to be amazing no matter what. Again, our earthly words can't do justice to what will really be there in heaven and what we can really see. But God gives us enough to know that he has thought of us and that he loves us so much. He has a special place prepared for those who love him. Any other thoughts on this? This was just the uh, ending of that chapter five. Any other thoughts on anything that we've read about heaven or earth made new? Okay. Let's uh, do our, if no other thoughts or comments on that, let's do our, uh, let's see. For next time, we'll be in chapter six in the book, Heaven, a week, a week from next week, of course. We'll start with chapter six, and that is our eternal inheritance. Our eternal inheritance, chapter six, next time that we meet here. If there's no other comments on, on that, um, Karen, we can go ahead and disconnect from live and then we can do some special prayer requests. Well, let me just state we, next week we'll be in chapter 79 and we're starting at paragraph 430.2. It starts off with, I saw uh, the, that the angels of God were, um, let me see. <sighs> Sister Karen, would you tell us uh, which one you said again? I missed it. Okay, we're in chapter 79, paragraph okay. 430.2. Okay, thank you. Okay. Does that one have a subtitle, Karen? Um, well, that was in the middle of another paragraph. Let me see. Let me go back to it. Um, just a minute. Just so those without the paragraph numbers can get close. Just a minute. Let me get back to it, Lee. Let's 
Um, let's see here. Wait a minute. And while she's looking, remember to invite others to join us, even if they Karen, don't their freedom. Yeah. Okay, I know where you're at. Your subtitle, I mean, it's under, and I, I number my pages, but it says, I saw the angel of God was looking yes. sorrow. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's, that's it. Very That's good. Terrific. Yeah, that was it. And Lee, this book doesn't seem to have subtitles like your book does, so. Oh, okay. It just has the paragraphs. Okay. All right. Uh, we're live for tuning in, and we'll look forward to you tuning in again next week. And, um, uh, Lee, let's just say a quick prayer for those who are tuning that were tuning in live with us. Okay, go ahead. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for another day, for another Sabbath day. We thank you for bringing us safely through another week. We thank you for this study that we were able to do. And Lord, um, uh, the glimpse of heaven that you have given us in the, this study, Lord Jesus, and help us just all to be there, Lord. Help us to make our peace with you and get our lives right, Lord. I ask you to protect us, continue to protect us, Lord, from all manner of harm, danger, and evil. And um, keep us throughout the week, Lord, and help us when we come together again on the Sabbath to be blessed throughout this past, throughout this coming week, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for every blessing that you have given us in the past week. We bless your name. Uh, in, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay. Amen.